Welcome to Navigating the Modern World, a place to gain skills or new ways of thinking, coping, or approaching the areas of life that you may feel stuck, stagnant, fearful, or challenged. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Navigating the Modern World. My name is Kimberly Johnson. I am your host. I'm a mindset shifter, a peace warrior, and a sex advocate. I do life coaching and sex coaching in the Denver, Colorado area. If you want to hear more about my work, you can find me at KimberlyCoaching.com. So today's episode is about racism. And it is an episode that I have been desiring to make for quite a while, yet I haven't had the exact words or the right circumstances with which to make this podcast, mostly because racism is something that I grapple with in a very, very real way. It's something that I think of often something when I think about the purpose of my life is, you know, I believe deeply that the purpose of my life is to end separation on the planet. And I believe that I was given a very unique perspective on life so that I could really help in the movement to do just that. And when I mean, what I when I say, in separation, what I mean is, is that in our life, in the physical realm of life, in this world, there is this thing happening where we want to make sense of everything. So everything becomes separated, black, white, um, immigrant, citizen, gay, straight, rich, poor, like, right, can you, can you begin to see Like we separate everything. Everything is separated. And we think that we can just separate it at this like physical level and that something within the spirit, something within the spiritual self does not become separated. And this conversation got very serious for me a few weeks ago. I was running in Denver and... As I was running, I came to a like a stop sign. So I wasn't at the stop sign, but a car was at the stop sign and I was on the sidewalk about to like cross the street where a stop sign was. And I made eye contact with the gentleman who was driving and he waved me on. And so me trusting him, I crossed, I began running across the street And then he revved his engine and moved his car in kind of like a fast way, like press the gas really quick and hit me with his car. And in the moment of shock, so I wasn't hurt, thank goodness. And still in the moment of shock, I looked over at him because I was like, what? Like, what just happened, you know? So I look over and he is laughing. He was laughing. And in that moment, I was like, what in the heck? Like, I remember feeling so confused, like almost shocked. And 
So I begin to keep running because he like revs off his engine. Like I get out of his way, obviously. Like I get hit, my body moves. I keep running like a little bit forward. I look back, he's laughing. And then he zooms off, like revs his engine and zooms off. And the thing about the story that got me thinking about racism is that the second that I looked back at him and I saw his face and he was laughing, I deeply thought, I this is a racial act. So the gentleman driving was a black man. And, you know, I don't know him at all. But looking at his vehicle and looking at, like, just looking at the demographic in that area that I was running, my guess is that he was a lower class black man. And I think that I probably look like a middle to a like a higher class white privileged woman. And even though nobody knows how much money I've made in my bank account, I think I think technically within the terms that they gauge, you know, low income, I am low income. I am a lower income. Um, yet I am this. You know, I think I look like a privileged white woman and I, I am in a sense by, by American societies. I am by, by like all of these standards I am. And, but my first instinct went to racial profiling and like, almost like there was like an act of aggression against me because I was a white woman and I have no idea if this is true. So it doesn't actually matter if it's true, but what has happened from that scenario is that I have begun deeply thinking about racism and it's just so interesting. Like everything happens at the exact right time. So that happened. Well, then let's fast forward a few weeks. I, Josh, my partner, invited me to this movie screening. I didn't really know exactly what the movie screening was until he like told me pretty close to the day. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is really interesting that this is coming up. So the screening was, it's this movie called Whose Streets? And it's a documentary about the killing of Mike Brown. And Mike Brown was a resident of Ferguson, Missouri. And I'm sure if you watched the news at all in 2014, then you would have probably read about a lot of the things going on in Ferguson, Missouri around the shooting of Mike Brown. So we watched this documentary and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I didn't. I wasn't very educated on the shooting of Mike Brown. I had heard about it. I had read a little bit about it. And I read pretty liberal sites. Um, I consider myself, if at all, political, which I am working on my political like ignorance right now, like learning more about politics. But um, I you know, consider myself more on the liberal side of things. And so I had read a few things a few years ago in 2014 and probably 2015 too. Um, but I don't actually really remember. I don't, I didn't remember the exact information about the shooting. I didn't remember a lot of it. So the documentary was very informative and it was also a grassroots documentary. So it was like it was like, I think the, the logo of the movie, and I'm going to butcher this, so it's not the exact logo, but the, the logo of the movie is like what you see when the cameras are off. So it's like, 
it's like, you know, what is behind all of the the news broadcast about it? Like what's actually what's actually going on inside of the black community there. So I was watching it and it was like very interesting and in some ways thought provoking and in some ways just at a deeper level had me thinking about racism and what's actually going on and and how I can educate myself and how I can hopefully not be so ignorant. And when I say ignorant, I do not mean that as a bad thing. I mean that as like a very solid like thing because we all are ignorant about things. So we all have ignorance and to become less ignorant, we educate ourselves in whatever way that is feels best for us. So after this documentary, I began like thinking more and more and more about this topic. And Josh and I, we really love talking about these things, especially because he works in immigrant rights. And so this is like, this is in some way, some version of his work. And I believe that it is some version of my work because you know, I work in life coaching and I believe that part of my calling here is to dissolve separation. And so we've been getting into some kind of like heated conversation, like not not in the way heated of like, you're wrong, I'm right, but like heated as in it's hard for us to see each other's opinions and it's hard for us to understand the other person's side. So yesterday I was just feeling kind of overwhelmed, honestly. I was feeling overwhelmed by the state of the world. I was feeling overwhelmed, like, how am I supposed to help anything? I was feeling overwhelmed and like, what is going on? Like, why don't I understand this stuff? So yesterday I was like, okay, who is somebody that I truly, truly look up to in the realm of this conversation and like what's going on in the world? And so like I do normally, I looked to Martin Luther King Jr., And I, in the heat of my anxiety about the world, which I want to say, which I want to say and honor that I think this generation that I'm in, so I'm 30, the generation that I'm in is we are more concerned about these things in the world. And I think that we do sit in the inquiry of how we can leave the world a better place and like how we can actually affect change. And, you know, sometimes when I like maybe talk to my parents about the things that I worry about, they're like, why are you worried about that? Like, why do you worry about recycling? Or why do you worry about, you know, racism? Like, just be a good person, you know, like just do good in the world, just work hard. And I believe that this generation, we are we are more awake. We understand and see things in the world that I don't think the last generation was bothered by or was worried about. So I want to honor that because I also think that things are so much more prevalently known. Like all of the news is right in our face. Social media, everything is right in our face and we have access to it at any moment all the time. And I actually, I'm not sure that it's helpful, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But so I've been having these conversations with Josh, my partner. And yesterday I was like at the peak of my anxiety and I was like, okay, I'm going to turn to Martin Luther King Jr. I'm just going to listen to some of his speeches. 
So I made a bath and I lit some candles and I put on his, I have a dream speech and I just began to listen and part of my struggle with a lot of the movements going on is this idea of like fighting for something or the idea like from my, my point of view is what I see is that people want to end something. So like people want to end like segregation or end these issues that they're having in their life, their own life. They want to like create freedom for themselves, but they're willing to imprison others or they're willing to um, segregate other people or they're like, they're not willing to actually do the work in their own life. And so like, you know, my opinion about any challenge in the world is that we first have to be willing to look at our own lives and truly get clear about how we create that in the world. So if if we're wanting to end separation, separation between class, separation between gender, separation between um, economic status, separation between color of skin, separation between, you know, like, where you're from versus where I'm from, like sep- like separation on, on all levels. If we're wanting to actually get rid of that in the world, I think we as individuals have to look, have to truly, truly look at how we create separation in our daily lives. Like every time Josh says something and it triggers me and I shut myself down to him, it doesn't matter what his race is. It doesn't matter what his gender is. It doesn't matter what his sexuality is. The second that I create separation, the second that I shut down and close myself off to him, I have created separation in the world. And it, we think that it looks like these little pockets of things. We think, that it, we think that it looks like, oh, there's just separation over here. And if we focus on this separation over here, then maybe we'll solve something in the world and we'll make the world a better place. And I want to offer that it's actually... Like for you to turn within and be willing, like have the courage to end separation in all areas of your life. And then you can go into the world and truly take that on in the world. And so I'm listening to Martin Luther King Jr. in the bathtub. I'm going to try to keep this coherent. (laughs) And you know, I think this is a conversation for me. So I want to point that out. This is a conversation. So I want you guys to join into the conversation because I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know anything because I really don't know anything. This is me verbally and externally working something out that will probably take me maybe years and years and years to work out. And right now I'm doing it via this podcast. So I was listening to Martin Luther King Jr. and I was like, wow, okay, when I listen to him, I can resonate. Like something feels like deeply resonant with what he's saying. But when I watch this documentary or I listen to other people talking about these movements or I get an invitation to the Women's March, like I, it just doesn't feel the same. And I am trying to discern why. But I was listening to Martin Luther King Jr. yesterday and I just got deeply present to that he is talking about worldly things. 
But something that he does, and I think he does it poignantly, and I think he does it profoundly, is that he connects it to the spiritual realm. He, as a human being walking the earth, he is an American black man walking the earth, stood for something. So he saw something in the outer world that did not feel right to him, which was the enslavement and the segregation of black Americans. And he saw that. And being a black black man and American himself, I can see very, very profoundly why he would want to stand up for that. So he stood up for it in the outer world, in this world. He took a stand for something. He took a stand for freedom. And he does it in such a way that he can bring it back to the spiritual realm. And what I mean by that is that he is clear that things are not quote unquote right in America because there is something missing in the spiritual realm here. There is something that can get clear in the spiritual realm that will make things right in the earthly realm. And you can hear it throughout all of his speeches. You can hear it. He talks about morality. He talks about doing things, not because they're safe, not because they're like the right thing to do politically, not to do things because they're the right thing to do to make you like cool, right? They're not the popular thing, but to actually do things because they're quote unquote right. And that's at a soul level. And Martin Luther King Jr. calls for soul growth. And he doesn't just call to it from the white community. He calls forth people doing the soul growth within every community. And that includes within the black community. And you can hear it. You know, he's like in his I have a dream speech. He says it over again. Like, you know, his dream is for whites and blacks to sit at the same table and see their brotherhood. He understands that separation is not real and that in this world we have created separation. And he was a stand that that separation end. And he saw it specifically within the black community where segregation was happening, where enslavement was happening, where people were not being treated equally. And he stood for it. And he was so willing to stand for it that he it didn't matter the outcome. He wasn't worried about the outcome. And he says it a lot in his speeches, like, like we're like, this is going to be a thing. Like we're, we're standing for this thing until it happens. And he never says like, it's going to happen within a year. He never says it's like, we will stand. There's no like, there's no like promise of an outcome tomorrow, but there is promise of an outcome at some point. And he found that so worthwhile to stand for that he devoted his whole life to it. And he ended up giving his life for it. And there's something so beautiful 
in that for me. And you know, the other part of his message that I so resonate with is the no, like nonviolence. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. was a huge follower of Gandhi, and Gandhi is completely all about nonviolence. And literally, like the quote that I think he repeated a lot, and I'm, I hate that I'm like butchering these quotes, but I'm just speaking off the cuff. Um, was something like not a single hair on anyone's head will be harmed. Anyone's head. And what I think Martin Luther King Jr. understood is that it's how we individually show up that we make a difference. He knew that if you used violence, that you would create more fear and it would create more enslavement. He knew if you acted a certain way or if you said certain things that you wouldn't be able to be inclusive enough for certain groups to hear you. Martin Luther King Jr. was heard because he spoke in such a way and he acted in such a way that everyone like, could hear the truth in what he was saying and everyone respected him. And that is why he is still known today. Like that is why people quote him all the time today. He was a human being that learned how to translate this issue that is happening in the physical realm of this earth. And he was able to elevate it to this eternal thing that we all are doing here. This, this soul growth this spiritual aspect. And it's interesting because I, I in no way want to harm anyone with my words ever. And I will be the first person to admit I'm ignorant. And I will be the first person to say that I don't really understand what I'm thinking or how to like articulate what I'm thinking. And I believe that for us to actually make change, it has to start with us. And if you really want to affect a certain area of life, like something is calling to you, like you work with a certain nonprofit because it calls to you, or because, or you stand up for women's rights because it calls to you, or you stand up for um, LGBTQ rights because it calls to you, or you stand up for immigrant rights because it calls to you, or you, you're involved with Black Lives Matter because it moves you and it calls to you then the first action to take is to look within yourself. And what you're being called to in that movement or in that group of like whatever's calling to you about that group of humans or about that group. Maybe, maybe you are gay. Maybe you are black. Maybe you are an immigrant is for you to like whatever you seek in the world, whatever you desire in the world within that group, within that that calling, for you to be courageous enough to look at your life and see how you create the exact thing that you don't want in the world. How you on a daily basis create separation. How you on a daily basis create judgments. How you on a daily basis create hate and anger in the world. How you on a daily basis do these things that you don't want to see in the outer world. And if you can truly transform them within yourself, 
than who you are. Period. Who you are in the world is what will transform the world. Sure, you're going to show up to events. Sure, you're going to maybe make a sign when something happens. Sure, you're going to sign petitions. Sure, you're going to spend your time supporting and raising money, whatever, whatever way you're called to support what is calling to your heart in the world that wants change. But it has to start with you and then it just becomes who you are. There's no pushing. There's no having to force it. You become that thing. You become that stand. Martin Luther King Jr. was that stand. He was so much that stand that when people were just around him, yesterday I was reading about his life and people like quoting about what it was like to be around him. And when people were just around him, he didn't have to say anything. They knew what he stood for. They felt his power. They felt his truth. They felt loved. They felt included. They felt a part of something. They felt God. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to really cultivate who we are. And I want to say that all of these things matter to me. You know, I want all humans to be free. I want to give my life to ending suffering and separation. And I want to be educated on these topics. And deeply, deeply, what I am, what I am understanding in this moment is it's about us cultivating ourselves so much that when we walk into the world, we are what we want to change in the world. Like that is what Gandhi's quote is, his famous quote, be the change you want to see in the world. And when we become it, we impact every single person we meet. And yes, we can still show up at the rallies. And yes, we can still do all the things within the group and the community that calls to our hearts the most to really affect change on this planet. But it has to start with you spiritually, like you fully embodying, you fully knowing the truth about who you are and what you're doing here. And you know, Martin Luther King Jr. says over and over again, like, we all are children of God. And he just wants to see the truth be fulfilled on the planet. He's sick of seeing the spiritual truth that he, know is, he knows is real. Not being real on the earth. And I deeply, deeply believe that we each, once we embody what we truly want, we will change the world. So for me, it's been looking like how do I create separation when do I choose to not see someone's innocence when do I choose to not see the love and the wholeness of another person when do I choose to shut myself down and hide myself from another and being honest Self-awareness is about being able to tell the truth to yourself. Not as in, I'm wrong, I'm doing everything wrong, I'm a bad person. No, 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 nothing like that. But as in, to know yourself is to be able to be honest with yourself so that you can change the parts of yourself 
that might be causing harm in the world or harm to yourself. It's just honesty. And I want to just offer to you for you to sit down and think about in what ways do I want to change the world? What am I curious about? What do I take a stand for? And for you to begin looking at your own life, looking at how you treat yourself, looking at how you treat others. If you don't want to be judged, notice your own judgments. And it's not just like, you know, like small judgments. It's every single judgment. It's every single time I create separation. Every single time, not one time left out. We want to like hierarchical, you know, like it's okay for us to judge this person because they did something mean to me. No. Anytime you create judgment in the world, and if your goal is to end people judging other people, then you have to be willing to look at every single judgment. And it goes for everything, like really looking. And maybe, just maybe, this is how the world will change. Maybe it's, it's both, right? Really looking at ourselves and also showing up in the world when important things are happening. We can actually have both. And another one that is so just like heavy and juicy in my heart is this Me Too movement for women who have been sexually harassed or sexually abused. Um, and this movement has also really, really talked to me because if I were to be really honest, I myself have treated men that way. If I were to be really honest, I have treated myself that way. If I were to be really honest, I have put myself in very sketchy situations where alcohol was involved or all of these things, like these like things were involved that put me in a situation where that was very highly possible. And it starts by me really, really looking at how I create abuse in the world, how I create, um, you know, like sexualizing women or men or what I buy into. How do I spend my money? Do I spend my money at places that are sexualizing women? Like really like looking at myself. And I want to say, you know, to anyone in this world who has experienced prejudice, who has experienced um, abuse, who has experienced judgment, who has experienced segregation, that I am so sorry. And I wish that in those moments you were experiencing that, that I could have been there and that I could have stopped it, that I could have said something, that I could have shown up for you. And the only way I know how to show up to you in this moment when nothing in front of me is happening in reality is for me to truly take a look at the ways that I create these things in the world and be honest and change those parts of myself and pray and pray with a fierceness that as I become this more gentle, loving, kind, forgiving being that can see the wholeness in everyone that can see the innocence in everyone that doesn't focus on people's 
like problems or their issues, that doesn't focus on people's status of any sort, that actually just who I am can be an offering in the world and that I'll have more clarity from that place on how to make a difference in bigger ways. And for anyone who has felt overwhelmed in these conversations or felt like they didn't know how to make a difference, I just want you to know that I get it. And I'm not sure the exact solution, but I think the more that we're willing to look within and to heal the parts within, which to me, just healing ourselves means to remember who we truly are. That is beyond this body. That is beyond this life. The parts of us that are eternal. That, that can be the starting place. And I would love to hear your voices. You know, like I said, I don't really have clarity around these topics except for that the more I speak to them and the more that I express them and the more that I ask an inquiry the clearer I get so if you have something to share please do you can share it with me at kimberlycoaching.com I have a contact form you can also share them with me at Kimberly Elise Johnson at gmail.com and if this podcast was at all helpful or at all thought-provoking. I would love it if you went over to iTunes on your computer and you wrote a review and rated this podcast. Thank you so much for being exactly who you are. I see you in your wholeness, in your perfection, and in your completeness. Until next time.